Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Mel. Good morning. My name is Katie. And yeah, we want to say welcome. If this is your first time here, we want to say welcome. If this is your first time back, welcome home. And we also want to greet our online community. Good morning, online community. We want to make you aware of some things on, on campus. Yeah, so first off, we have our prayer room, and we have awesome prayer warriors ready and waiting. If you need any kind of prayer, good or bad, if it's praises or if it's something you're going through, they're there for you. Next to that, we have our nursery, and that's for babies newborn to 24 months. And Wait, 24 months? Is that a mom thing? <laughs> do moms use months and dads use years? I do it because that's how babies close is. They go by months until they're 24 months, and then they go 24 or 2T. And got then it's 3T, 4T, 5T. Then they go by years. I don't know. Right over my head. But got it. Dad's just two years old in the nursery. Um, we yeah. also have our mini Marvels that has two-year-olds, two five-year-olds. And then our mighty Marvels that has our first through fifth graders. And then our junior high and high school relentless is also on that side. And then on this side of the sanctuary, we have our fellowship hall is where our bathrooms are located. So if you need to use the restroom during service, that is where they are. We also have our kitchen for breakfast, the most important meal of the day. It's still breakfast. Yeah, okay? still breakfast. So even after service, it'll still be breakfast. Um, we also have our well that has snacks and then our resource center that has not just Bibles, but amazing resources um, that make great gifts for this upcoming season because Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas is right around the corner. Speaking of Christmas, we're in Operation Christmas Child, full effect. We are receiving boxes now. Uh, next week, Sunday is the last day to turn them in. Uh, we have gotten about 150 boxes or so so far. We've given out over 350. Our goal as a congregation is 500. Um, so we got a little bit of ways to go, but I think we'll, I think we'll get there because we're going to combine what we've given out and what we're doing online as well. Yes. And I also saw some people donating this morning, like bringing boxes back this morning. So it's great. You can still pick up boxes if you didn't get boxes yet. Or you can just put it in a shoe box size um, box. Yeah. A shoe size if you don't, box. Yeah. If you don't have one of those Operation shoe Christmas Shoe box size child. box. Yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah. A shoe box. Not one size 13, though. I think <laughs> the box was like an eight and a half, well, right, measure. Then that's a yeah. lucky kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> But, like, it's just simple stuff like socks or crayons. Or you can even build a box online if you're not, you don't want to go shopping or whatever. But they love that stuff. Like I said earlier, my kids, if I got them socks for Christmas, they would look at me like I was weird and something was wrong. <laughs> because that's something I buy them year-round. But for these kids, that's going to be their only Christmas gift. And sometimes that's their only pair of socks for the entire year. So they love that. They get super excited for that. So if you want to join, you can go get boxes. Yeah, yeah, and bring them back. And then this week, we kick off our vision week with our vision night this Wednesday. And our vision night really is to look at the things that God's done in 2022 and then to cast vision for what God's doing in 2023, which is going to be all about discipleship. So this, this, this Wednesday, uh, come join us for our vision night. And that's a kickoff our vision week, which is full of a few other things. Yes, so that's a very exciting something that we get to look for for next year, um, what God's going to do. And then we also have our water baptism next week, Sunday. So if you have accepted Jesus, that is your next step 
to proclaiming Jesus as your Lord and Savior to the world is water baptism. And if you have been baptized, come down and cheer them on because it's such an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, and it's next week. It's a 20th, 12.30 at Coconut Island. Yeah, yeah. And you can sign up at our information center. Yes. Uh, if you haven't. And then, but really, you can also just show up that day and, and seek to get water baptized yes. as well. And then we cap off our vision week with worship night. And if you have not been to one of our worship nights, I would strongly encourage you to come. It is a night full of just praise and thanksgiving where we, we put God on the throne. We, we sing him songs, we honor him, we give him glory, and really it's what he deserves. He deserves to be at, the, much at so. the top of the throne. So strongly encourage you, Wednesday the 23rd, uh, dinner for purchase on Wednesday nights is 5.15 to 6.15. Worship night will, will kick off at 6.30. Yeah, yeah you don't want to miss it. Even online, online community, come here in person for worship night if you can. Yes, because it's so much different in person than online. And um, it's right before Thanksgiving, so we get to give thanks to God. And speaking of Thanksgiving, we also are doing our food fight. Not throwing food at anybody and not getting food thrown at us. Sorry. Shucks. <laughs> no, you man, I wanted to target. throw a, no, a tomato at me, I think, earlier. <laughs> um, but we are doing our food fight. We're, getting, we're um, collecting non-perishable goods, uh, canned goods and stuff. Uh, for our youth and children's ministry, um, they're battling each other. So it's youth against children's ministry. Um, and they get a special prize, I think. But all that goes towards our Kokua ministry, which is um, a, oh my gosh. Our Kokua ministry. <laughs> our Kokua ministry is a ministry that we give out food to families that are in need. And some of them are amongst us in our congregation. Yes. So it's really to just, support our families in any way possible and we've actually collected over 300 pieces of food so far so yeah 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 yes. thank you thank, thank you, you very much for giving to that sorry i'm a little winded from worship <laughs> yeah but i think that's it um but ultimately like if you see us around campus i'm serious talk story with us ask us questions about dates how to sign up uh what's happening anything like that we would really really love to connect with you Download our New Hope Church app if you have not already, and then follow us on social media. Yes. We also have our information center outside if you have any questions and you cannot find one of us or one of the staff members. They have information for you if you have any questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it is so good to see you. Sheldon Loxina here, lead pastor at New Hope Church right here in Hilo, Hawaii. I am currently traveling, attending a discipleship planning get-together as we prepare for Vision Week and Vision Night. Well, this Wednesday, as we look forward to 2023, it's gonna be all about discipleship. This year has been about community. God surrounds us with so many wonderful people who will love us and help us grow in our relationship with Jesus. In community, we mature as believers because we need one another. Today, on this Veterans Day weekend, not only do we want to honor and remember our veterans, we want to also show our strong support for their families. So thank you to all of our veterans and their families. Can we thank them? Well, as we get into the word of God this morning, 
we're going to learn from our Lord and Savior how to become more and more the people He made us to be. So would you welcome with me to the platform, Pastor Ben Urbanozo, as he brings the message. Let's welcome him. Well, thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Good morning, everybody. It's so great to be with you today. Hope you guys are having a great Veterans Day weekend. And once again, for those of you who serve in our armed forces, we want to just thank you so much for your sacrifice and for all that you do for our country and our community, all in the glory of Jesus. And so uh, now some of you, might, this might be your first time here, and you're like, who's this guy? He was just singing. Well, my name is Ben, and I'm the worship pastor here. And, uh, and some of you know me. Some of you, uh, again, maybe this is your first time, but I wanted to do something real quick to see if you know me or not. And if you don't know me, then you can get to know a little bit more about me. And so uh, the first two services, I had people come up and I asked them questions. But I thought, third service, you guys get the best one yet. You get my wife. So I'm going to call up Katie Ann, my wife. <clears throat> like, you guys should have heard, and I told her I'm going to call her up. She was like, you better not ask me hard questions. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to. I hate that's why. <laughs> Yeah, and so, uh, and so Katie, we've been, uh, this is my wife Katie, we have five kids, uh, we've been married for 11 years, going on 12 next year, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, you ready, babe? No. Okay. I'm going to ask her some easy questions first, right? I should ask her easy, I okay. stumbled over Kokua Ministries. <laughs> it's fine. Talk about that later. <laughs> okay, so the first question is, uh, so Katie, what is my favorite movie? Back to the Future. Which one? All of them. Hey! It's one movie. Yep, that is correct. My favorite movie is Back to the Future. Which one? All of them. Uh, okay, so that's the first thing. All right, um, second, let's see. I don't know, should I make it harder? No. Uh, okay, second is this. Who, who was my favorite female musical artist growing up as a kid? Because male would be easier. As a kid? Yeah, as a kid. <laughs> Not now. You still sing her now. Who? Mariah Carey. That is correct. <laughs> Mariah Carey was my favorite female... Yeah, I remember singing with my mom in the car. You always be my baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? It's a two-parter. Okay. Oh Here we go. <laughs> what was my favorite subject in high school? English. Okay. That was easy. What is the name of my English teacher? I have no idea. <laughs> so my favorite English, my favorite subject was English, and my senior, uh, I had my favorite. Teacher is uh, Miss Nagayan, who was our uh, our English teacher at Waikia High. So yeah, so just goes to show that you can't know everything, even though you're married for 11 years. But can we say thank you to Katie? Thank you. <clears throat> she told me you better ask me questions that I know. <laughs> but uh, but you know the reason why we did that is because here at New Hope, relationships are important. And the beauty is, is that it's not just important here at New Hope. It's important to God. Relationships are important to God because God is the God of relationships. God created relationships. But here's the thing. Although knowing about each other in a relationship is important, being known in the relationship 
is far more powerful. And this is what I mean. Uh, I remember as a kid, I used to collect baseball cards, basketball cards, you know, and, and when you picked up a card, you'd see, like, for me, my favorite uh, basketball player was Michael Jordan. So if I had a card of him, I'd be like, oh, I got Michael Jordan's card. And I'd look, and it had all his stats from the season before and all this and that. And I'd be so uh, just, I'd be so thrilled that I had a card that I knew all the stats and all that. But can I tell you this, though? I would be way more thrilled and way more ecstatic if Michael Jordan called me up and said, hey, I want you to come over to my house. We're going to have dinner. I'm like, yeah! I'm like, shoot! I'm going to go. I, I, would, I, I would challenge him basketball just to say I lost to him. Badly. You know? I, and, and I would tell more people about my experience with Michael Jordan than just, hey, look, I have a card that has words on it. See, there's something more valuable than just knowing about someone. It's when they're, when they're fully known. And when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we discover that he doesn't settle for only knowing about us, but that we are known by him. Listen, God wants an authentic and intimate relationship with you and I. That's why he calls the church the bride. He doesn't call us the girlfriend. He doesn't call us the, any other thing. He calls us the bride. Why? Because he wants an authentic, intimate relationship with him. And, I, and before we go on, I want us to just pause on that and think about it. That God, the God who knows all things and everything, doesn't just know everything about us, but wants to establish that we are known by him. See, God took note of each and every one of us. God has chosen us. And God knows us far greater than our baseball or basketball card. He knows us more than our statistics and our situations. Our relationship with God is already built on us, on us being known by him. Now throughout the Bible, we can see how important relationships are and, and how it, important it is to be known by the Lord. But we see this most of all evident in the life of David. Many of us, we know David as David and Goliath, the, the boy who beat the giant, but, but it's more than that. See, from the fields with the flock to the battlefield and kingdom, from dealing with sin and restoration, David was fully known by God. And not only was David known by God, he experienced an authentic relationship with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a shallow surface relationship with God. I want an authentic, intimate, real relationship with God. And so this morning, we're going to discover how we also can experience an authentic relationship and be known by him. Psalm 139 verse 1, it says this, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. See, somebody can know about you, but being known means fully. They know everything, every detail. And there's no one that can be, there's no one else that can fully know us than God. And so how does he do that? Well, the first thing is this. If you're taking notes in our app, there's a section where it has our scriptures and our notes where you can type in notes. But if you're taking notes, the first thing is this, that God knows the truth. God knows the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, God knows the truth because he 
is the truth. But not only does God know the truth, he also knows our truth. See, God desires to have an authentic relationship with us, and so he builds the foundation for our relationship on who he is. Not us, not our situations, not our circumstances. He builds it on who he is. And because he is the truth, he also speaks the truth into our lives. You know, we live in a world where in just the last few years, we heard this term called fake news and and things being fake. That although it seems real or it seems true, it's actually not. But what God does is he says, listen, your relationship with me can only be built on me being the truth. And what I love about that is this. Because we live in this world that a lot of times will say something that seems real, seems true, but isn't, we can easily allow it to dictate our truth. I've, I mean, serving in our youth ministry, you know how many times I heard you say that they've been called losers or they've been called a nobody and they actually believe it? Yeah. Many times we allow other things to become our truth and God is saying, listen, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever felt overlooked? Because I have. Have you ever felt like, God, do you even see me? Or does anybody see me? Have you ever felt neglected or ignored or just, just another person in the crowd? Well, if you ever felt overlooked, so did David. I mean, think about it. He was the youngest in his family. He was the runt of his family. But the truth is that God saw David. In fact, God spoke to the Samuel, uh, to, spoke to the prophet Samuel and said that the kingdom of Israel would be removed from Saul, who was the current king, and would be, going, would be put onto David. And God calls him a man after his own heart. You know what's crazy is that throughout the Bible, it's only David that's given this, 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 uh, this honor of being called a man after God's own heart. It would be the shepherd boy who would slay a giant, who would win countless battles and share in hundreds of victories and be the next king of Israel. But I'm guaranteeing you that when David was out in the, the fields, he didn't see that. He thought all he was was that shepherd boy. He thought that was his truth. But the truth is God saw David. He didn't just see the truth, he saw David's truth. And in the same way, in the same way that God saw David, the truth is God sees you and I. He does. You're not lost in the crowd. He sees you and he's chosen you. You know, being the youth pastor, uh, uh, before I was a worship pastor, uh, one of my favorite things being the youth pastor was when kids would say, our teens would say, hey, let's play basketball. Because being the youth pastor, I thought it was my responsibility to teach them how to lose. <laughs> so we would play basketball, and I would just, uh, when they, I would just cap them, I just, you know, I, I loved it. That was my favorite. You know? When they say, hey, Pastor Ben, you followed me. I was like, where's the ref? You know, where's the ref? I don't want to see the ref. But, but one of our, that was one of our favorite things. And I love playing with teens because the teens, they want to they wanna beat the adults. And so there's one night where uh, uh, we, had, we had our youth and the, the boys were playing. And, and one of the boys was like, hey, let's play five on five. Ben, you be team captain and I'm going to be team captain. And he was like, really, he was like, you know, he was confident. 
He wasn't confident. He was just very arrogant. And so I was like, okay, okay, you let me pray for. Okay, choose. You know what? You go choose first. You choose first. Choose whoever you want. And so this kid actually played basketball in high school. And he had his friends there. So I already knew he's going to choose his friend. So, oh, yeah, I'm going to choose. I choose, I choose my friend. Ah, they're, like, they're all there. Yeah. Like, right, we didn't even play yet. What are you guys jumping up and down for? And so, so like, yeah. And so I, I look around and I look at all the youth who wants to play. And I see one of our female youth. And I go, okay, I pick her. And instantly when I did that, the other boys was like, ah! You go pick her. You like her on your team. She not, she, oh, my goodness. We're going to, oh, we're going to smoke you guys. We're going to beat you guys. And so I'm like, okay, you guys talking a lot for, we didn't even play yet. Wait till you come inside. I'm going to show you the wrath of Ben. <laughs> and so, so we choose. I start choosing other people. And then, okay, so we have our 505. And so we start playing. And they start scoring. And you know how teens are when they, they're like, oh, Ben, we told you we are going to beat you. I'm like, bro, you're only 2-0. It's only 2 0. 2 0. And so they're like, ah, we're going to win. And so I'm like, okay. And so we get the ball. And so I start driving in and I'm posting up and I dish the ball to that female youth. And she gets to the ball and she shoots and it goes right in. Nothing but net. And instantly the boys are like, oh, lucky shot, lucky shot, lucky shot. She cannot do that again. She cannot do that again. I'm like, okay, okay, give me the ball. And so I get the ball again. I post up again. And same thing, I dish it out to her. And she shoots it, and guess what? Goes right in. Ah, ah, just lucky. She's just lucky. She's just lucky. And so I'm like, you guys think it's lucky, but okay. And so, uh, and so we did it again. I drive in. I dish the ball out. And I can hear the boys going, hey, somebody get on her. Somebody block her. And so the boy is coming, and she looks, and she, goes, she does this. The boy jumps, but she doesn't shoot. Instead, she dribbles around him, drives all the way to the hoop, sinks it in layup. We beat them. We beat them. I think the two points they scored is the only two points they scored. And they're like, ah, bro, how did, how did, what is going on? Like, how did we lose? And they're all like, it's your fault. I'm like, no, let me explain. Let me explain. Like, she also for her high school. What didn't know is that although she's, a, I think she was a freshman, sorry, what she didn't know is that although she's a freshman, she plays varsity. And so instantly the boy is like, bro, man, you cheat. I thought you're supposed to, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to cheat in church. I was like, but that's not cheating. It's called wisdom. It's called wisdom. Wisdom. You is dumb. I have wisdom. <clears throat> and I just remember shaking her hand and going, see, look, all these guys overlooked you. All these guys thought you weren't good. But I knew, I knew that you were the real deal. And in the same way, God knows us. Others might look at us and think they know us, but we are fully known by God because God knows our truth. Psalm 139, 16, it says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, God knows us fully. We are fully known by God. There's not nothing that we go through that God doesn't see. And not only does God know the truth about who we are, but he also knows the truth of what we're going through and the choices that we make. There are many instances where we, we can read in the Bible where David was on the run. He was overwhelmed with situations and circumstances that often left him depressed, lonely, and heartbroken. See, the truth is, is that God sees our truth. He sees what we're going through. 
even when we try to hide it. He sees the truth. He sees when we're hurting. He sees when we're, we're down and out. And for some of us, maybe we've been there. Maybe some of us right now, that's where we're at. Maybe we're overwhelmed with our situation in life or maybe we're perplexed by the circumstances that we're going through right now. And maybe you're here and maybe you're dealing with the emotions, the isolation, and the hurt. Maybe you're dealing with an overwhelming sensation of feelings. But can I tell you this? That although your feeling is real, it doesn't mean it's the truth. Because there's more. See, the truth is that God sees the heartache that we experience. He hears the cries of our heart and he catches the tears that fall from our face. And the truth is, is that God sees the hurt, he sees the pain, and he, because he's such a good God, he wants to comfort and console us, not by automatically doing this, which he can do, but oftentimes he does that by bringing us back to who he is, which is the truth. You know, growing up as a, as a kid, growing up, in, especially when I became a teenager in high school, there were many times where I went through overwhelming moments in my life where I was dealing with whatever, and I was so overwhelmed with my emotions that the only way I could release it was I'd punch the wall in my house. And I, the whole house would shake, and at least I'd get all that out because I was just in, it's just an avalanche of emotions that I was going through growing up as a teenager. And then I came to know God. It was great. But last year was probably the worst year of my life so far when I lost my mom in January. And it's crazy because although I knew the truth, I know I, although I knew God loves me and God loves my mom and God prepared a place for my mom, it didn't erase the truth of I was hurt because it's only been me and my mom. And so when it happened, I mean, it was such a life-shattering moment in my, in my life. I was so lost. I... Uh, I mean, I was just, I didn't know what to do. And, and so I, try, I tried, and, and uh, you know, after, after she passed, I tried to put on the, oh, no, gee, you know, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. But although I had faith, I was still dealing with hurt. I was still dealing with pain. I was still dealing with frustration. I was still dealing with loss. I was still grieving. But, I tr- but and although I was surrounded, uh, although the Lord was speaking to me, and although I was surrounded by a great community, I started, I started to feel better, but at the same time, I, I was still dealing with it underneath. And so I went through, last year I went through this whole motion of going like this, facing mountains, facing valleys, facing mountains, facing valleys. And, and I just remember going, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And I remember saying, Lord, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not going to grieve anymore. I'm not going to mourn anymore. And, and as I said that, I could hear a knock on my heart going, but there's, there's stuff you're not dealing with. There's pain, there's hurt. No, God, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No, I'm good. I know my mom's in a good place. I know, you know, I know you got me. I know it's going to be fine. I know you're a provider. I know you're going to do all this. I know, I got, so I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And, and again, but there's things you're not dealing with. And so, you know, we went through the whole year. Come Christmas, it was great. And then right after Christmas, we, me and my family uh, got COVID. And I was like, ah! And so, you know, we go into 2022, and I had this conversation with the Lord. like, Lord, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm done grieving. I'm done mourning. I'm done going through all this stuff. I'm good. Because I got you, Lord. And he's like, yeah, but there's still stuff in you you're, you're not dealing with. There's still pain. There's still loss. There's still an overwhelming 
emotions that you're going through that you're trying to put on the side, you're trying to hide, but the truth is I see it. No, but God, I'm good. And so I went through that. And in February, I remember this one, uh, this one day I'm at home and I have, uh, we have five kids and our youngest are twins and there were two. And so we're at home and they start throwing tantrum and I hate it when my kids throw tantrum, especially when they're two years old and you're like, speak English. I don't know what you want. And so they're asking for something. I, I don't have it. I don't, I, I, no, it's okay. And then I don't have it. I don't, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. And, 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 they're just, and so my wife, Katie, can, can hear me. And she can sense that I'm getting irritated. She can sense I'm getting frustrated. And she comes and she says, okay. So she takes the kids. And by this time, that irritation and frustration wasn't alone. That avalanche of all that junk that I was holding started flowing down, flowing down. And all of a sudden, I found myself just being irritated and frustrated, resorting back to what I did when I was in high school. And I just swung. But I didn't hit the wall. No worry, I never hit Katie or anything. Because trust me, she would hit me back. No, instead, instead, like I said, when I used to hit the wall, the house would shake. When I swung and I hit... I shook because I hit the door frame. You know that that solid door frame made in plantation homes that stands that's been built from 1950 and still stands strong, no termites because they never never have termites back then. You know that solid wood. And as soon as I swung and I hit it, right before I hit it, I heard the Lord say, "Now you're going to have to deal with this." And instantly when I hit the wall, instantly when I hit the door frame, I knew I was in pain because I had broken my hand. So for those of you who are wondering, hey, Pastor Ben, how come earlier this year you was in a cast? That is why. That's the truth. But let me tell you something interesting. So I'm sitting in the ER. And I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the x-ray of my broken hand and I'm looking at my hand and I'm like, this is so dumb. Why did I hit the door frame? Just one more inch, I would have hit the wall, I would have been fine. <clears throat> and I heard the Lord say this. He said, just letting you know, this right here is an extension of what's happening in here. So unless you don't deal with unless you deal with the hurt that's in here, other things are gonna start to break. You know, instantly I was like, okay, Lord, whatever is in me, you know the truth. I gotta release it to you. I got to. And I'm so grateful that it's been several months. And every time I look at my hand, I'm like, I'm reminded. I have to give God the truth. I got to be open with him. Because when I give him the truth, he gives me his truth. And what's so amazing is that God is willing to listen to us. He wants to hear from us, even when we're hurting. Believe it or not, the truth is God isn't just there for when everything is going great. He's also willing to hear what's, when life is going bad. And he's still God. In fact, Psalm 61, verses 1 to 2, it says, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's David who writes that. See, David experienced many moments of being overwhelmed throughout his life. And it was there that he encountered the truth of who God is. But not only does God know the truth of what we're going through, he also knows the truth of what we're trying to keep from him. 
And whether it's sin or shame or sorrow, it takes hard truth and one more thing that God knows and brings into our relationship with him that allows us to be fully known by him. And the second thing is this, is that God knows ridiculous faith. God knows ridiculous faith. Now there's a reason why I put ridiculous faith, I mean ridiculous grace, because we know what grace is. Many of us know what grace is. My kids know what grace is. This past Thursday, we had our uh, front lines thanks for giving dinner where we wanted to thank all our volunteers who serve in our front lines ministry. And so we have, a, we have a rule in our family with our kids that if you want sweets, if you want candy, if you want the junk food, you gotta be willing to eat the good food, which is your dinner, your meal. And so we're sitting down and my daughter, Asian, is sitting next to me and she's like, Daddy, can I have dessert? And I look at her plate and it's still full. And the reason why she didn't, she didn't eat it is because there's no pizza on it. You know, kids, they only like pizza, hot dogs, and all this other stuff, right? But there's roast beef, and there's rice, and there's fish. And she's like, Dad, can, can, can I have dessert? And so I look at her, I'm like, baby, you didn't even eat your dessert. You didn't even eat your food. Like, you didn't even eat nothing. Okay, you know what? I tell you what, eat a, eat a piece of it, and then maybe I'll let you go have dessert. And so you know when you tell kids that, right? You know when you tell kids, hey, eat a piece. They'll go grab the most microscopic piece of food they can grab, right? So she goes like this, she goes... Dad, I ate a piece. And she looks at me, can I have, can I have dessert? And I'm looking at her, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was like, no. And in my heart, I was like, no. But then you know, I was like, you know what? You know what, Adrian? Go. You wanna eat dessert? Let, let, let your dad show you how gracious he is. Go. You go eat dessert, go eat whatever you like. Go get cupcakes, get cake, get all this sugary stuff. Go. Let, and, and I wasn't being sarcastic. I was like, no, go, go eat your dessert, go, 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 go fill up your plate, go ahead, because wa- Dad wants you to see how gracious he is, because after tonight, I'm going to drop you off at Grandma's house, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> see, we know what grace is. Grace is actually, uh, it's actually often described as the unmerited favor of God. It's the blessing of God that we don't deserve, and yet he freely gives unto us. See, we know grace but you see, God doesn't just know grace. He is gracious. And although we can see this throughout the New Testament, especially when Jesus comes onto the scene, grace is actually an attribute that God has had from the beginning of time. I mean, think about it. From Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned in, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible actually says that well, the moment they ate the fruit, they noticed that they were naked. Do you see what God does though after all that? After he says that you're going to be removed from Eden, he actually clothes them. And we've got to remember too that they were exiled from Eden not because of God, but because they made the decision to not listen. But God in his grace clothed them while they were naked. And we see, we see how gracious God is with, with Noah, with Abraham, uh, with Jonah. I mean, God speaks to Jonah, says, Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell the Ninevites, I'm going to bring my wrath. And Jonah doesn't want to, but he eventually does. And then when he does, the Ninevites actually turn away from their sinful ways. And what does God do? He relents. He shows him grace. Even though Jonah's like, I knew he was going to do that. Because God is gracious. See, there's many people that experience the grace of God, perhaps none more than David himself. Psalms 51 Verses 10 to 12. It says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
You know what I love about that scripture? You know what I love about Psalm 51? Is when you understand when David wrote that. Because David didn't write Psalm 51, Psalm 51 when he was in the highest place. He didn't write it after he was victorious. He didn't happen when everything was going great. He actually wrote it right after he made the big, one of the biggest mistakes in his life. See, as great as David was, he too had a moment where he didn't just experience the grace of God, but he experienced God's ridiculous grace. In 2 Samuel uh, chapters 11 and 12, we see a moment where David sinned and fell short in a big way. See, what happens is that David, who's the king, actually sends his army out to battle, and so he stays back. But as he's, uh, as he's home, he sees a woman bathing. And because he's the king, he's like, I want her. And so they end up hooking up together. Now, here's the thing, though. She was married. But David's like, it's, you know, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. And so he, he hooks up with this woman named Bathsheba, who's married. And in hooking up, Bathsheba gets pregnant. And so when David finds out that she was pregnant, he devises a plan. Okay, wait, her, her husband, who was in David's army during battle while this is all happening, he sends for the husband Uriah to come back. And the plan is, okay, wait, if, if Uriah comes back and he goes to be with his wife Bathsheba, then I can, I can maybe make pretend that she's actually pregnant from Uriah, her, her, her husband. But it doesn't work out that way. David tries, but it just doesn't work out that way. And so what does David do? He asks for forgiveness and all is good. No. What he does next is he says, he says, you know what? He sends Uriah back into battle and he tells the commanders, pull away so that Uriah gets killed in battle. Not only did David commit adultery, he actually planned, he actually planned out murder. And then he tries to hide it. But here's the thing. God knew what David had done, the offenses that were committed. And while David tried to hide behind that wall of offenses, God rebuked David. Now, I want us to hear that. God rebuked David because David sinned. And God, does not, God cannot condone sin. So he rebukes David. But he also extends grace. He also extends grace. And while David did face consequences for his actions, he also experiences the grace of God, which leads him to repenting and being restored. And it's the same thing that God extends to us. Psalms 51 verses 1 to 3, in the message translation, says it like this, Generous in love, God give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt, soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. I don't know about you, but I have a laundry list of all my sins, all my shortcomings, all my offenses. And here's the thing, though. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll take those offenses or shortcomings or whatever offense it may be, and this is what we actually do with it. We'll actually take them and start building fences with those offenses. Why? Because we're ashamed or afraid. And so because we're afraid and ashamed, we, we try to hide behind the fence of our offenses. 
We go, we go Lord, how, how could you ever forgive me for this? Or how could you ever love me? I've done this. You see this? So there's no way. There's, there's, no way, there's no way you'd want me. There's no way. How can I be in a relationship? How would you want me because of this? Well, the thing is, God has forgiven us and God loves us. And this is evident in Jesus. Romans 5, 8, one of my favorite scriptures says this, and God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. I love it when it says still. It doesn't say when we sinned. So still sinners. See, grace is a gift from God that allows us to fully walk in relationship with him. It doesn't mean we don't face consequences for our actions. But just like David, we can walk in repentance and receive forgiveness and be restored in love. But the thing is, we can't do that if there's a fence in between us and God. And it's in the ridiculous grace of God that our offenses no longer become a fence that separates us from God, but becomes a bridge that connects us to God. See, it's in the ridiculous grace that God is saying, listen, I've seen what you've done. I see everything. I know everything. I see your offenses. But listen, even in your offenses, I still want to build not a fence, but a bridge. And he shows us, he demonstrates this by this. Because God is saying, you are fully known by him. Your offenses do not stop him from knowing you. Why? Because relationships are important to God. But listen, there's none more important than our relationship with him. See, we don't just go to church, or we don't just read our Bible, we don't just pray to grow closer to Jesus, but also it's positioning us and putting us in a posture where we can be fully known by him. John Piper is a well-known Christian scholar, theologian, and pastor, and he wrote this. He said, deeper than knowing God is being known by God. What defines us as Christians is not most profoundly that we have come to know him, but that he took note of us and made us as his own. See, far greater than knowing Jesus is understanding that we are known to Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you think that God doesn't see you. Maybe you're letting what other people or other things say is truth becomes your truth. Maybe you feel overwhelmed in your situations or circumstances. But not only, not only does God know your truth, he knows the truth for you and about you. Or perhaps, maybe you're thinking, man, my, I've done so many bad things. There's so many offenses that I've done against the Lord that I've built a whole perimeter that separates me from him. But God knew that too. That's why he sent Jesus to be the bridge between us and him. Because at the end of it all, he wants you and I to know that we are fully known and fully loved by him. As we end today's message, there's a song that the worship team is going to do. But I want to invite you to not just listen to it, but to let it be your prayer between you and the Lord because you're fully known by him.
your heads with me this morning. Lord, that's our prayer. That Lord, you you don't just know about us, but we're known by you. We're fully known. We're fully loved. Lord, you not only know the truth, you are the truth. And you're speaking your truth over us. 
I pray, Lord, that for those who seem feel like they're overlooked or for, for those who feel overwhelmed, that, Lord, you would just bring truth into their lives and to remind them who you are in them. Lord, there may be some of us that maybe we're like, God, I've done all these things. I've offended you in so many ways. And yet it's in your ridiculous grace that, Lord, you say those offenses don't have to be offense. They can be a bridge because I sent my son to cover it all. And maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're online, and maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. And all you have to do is, I'm going to say a prayer, and all you have to do is speak it and believe it in your heart. Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again to give me eternal life. I repent from my sinful ways and I choose to walk with you because it's in you I am fully known and fully loved. Thank you for all that you do for me and for all that you are for me. It's in your name I pray. And Lord, that's our prayer that we would leave here today, that we would log off knowing that we are fully known and loved by you. So Lord, continue to do your great things because you are a great God. We love you and we pray this on Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time today, can I encourage you to tell somebody, in fact, come tell me about it. I'd love to hear about it. But as you leave here today, don't forget, you are fully known and fully loved by God. Don't forget to join us this Wednesday for Vision Night. Next week, Sunday, water baptism. And the next week, Wednesday, for worship night. We love you guys. God bless. Take care. And aloha.